Welcome to the MUFG Global Markets Podcast with Ehsan Komen, Head of Commodities, ESG and Emerging Markets Research EMEA. It's Friday 15th December 2023 and in this week's podcast with Ehsan, we continue our ESG series discussing COP28 outcomes. The following podcast is intended for professional investors and eligible counterparties only and not for retail clients. Any content should not be regarded as an offer to conduct investment business or an investment recommendation, but for information purposes only. Hi, Asan. How are you today? Hi, I'm well, thanks, Nazina. How are you? Good, thank you. Lots to talk about today. So on 13th December, negotiators in Dubai reached a consensus agreement on a first ever pledge to transition away from fossil fuels and energy systems as part of the first global stock take of the Paris Agreement. Essan, can you offer our listeners your key takeaways on what this entails alongside the other themes stemming from COP28? So yes, there's neither high level, the COP28 climate deliberations ended on the 13th of December with an agreement that's been declared as both historic and full of loopholes. Now, determining who is right is conditional on where one sits on the climate change spectrum. Now, after five drafts, the global stock take settled on language around transitioning away from fossil fuels in energy systems in a just, orderly and equitable manner, accelerating action in this critical decade, as so as to achieve net zero by 2050 in keeping with the science. So this is the first time that the shift away from fossil fuels has been explicitly included in a final agreement at the COP. Climate purists who say COP28 marks the beginning of the end of oil, gas and coal base their assertion on this phrasing. Yet those that speak about the litany of loopholes also refer to the very same wording. We believe the truth is somewhere in between. And what is clear is that not all parties were happy with this wording, although without compromise, COP28 risked failing altogether. Critically, the final agreement talks about transitioning away rather than phasing out fossil fuels. Now, this latter wording is what climate campaigners push for. Now, we view that the language recognises the main cause of climate change, yet gives fossil fuel companies leeway in determining how and when they will take part in the transition, as well as it putting the onus on the demand side with consumer behavioural changes needing to come in tandem with production reductions. There's also victory for all producing nations. That is, the transition needs to be achieved in an orderly fashion and not to the need to keep all prices stable in our view. And to achieve such progress, all producers argue that there's a need for continued investments in new oil fields. And by Oil producers, we are talking not just about those in the Middle East or wider OPEC+. In fact, the US is today the world's largest oil producer, accounting for 20% of global output. There's also another victory in Nesnina for oil producers and above all for big oil companies, which are betting heavily on carbon sequestration. That is, the UN effectively has given its blessing to a technology still in its infancy and one that many critics say won't be able to take away enough carbon dioxide to make a difference. The wording is also slightly weaker than earlier drafts at COP28, which emphasised that those technologies were means to transition away from fossil fuels. Indeed, the emphasis was on omitted from the final declaration. 
perhaps for us the biggest loophole of the communique and the source of much frustration among campaigners is the wording surrounding recognizing that transitional fuels can play a role in facilitating the energy transition while ensuring energy security. Of course, no specific fuel is mentioned, but this is usually a euphemism for natural gas. The least controversial of all announcements was the most noteworthy in our view, Mesnina. While hardly any time was given to tripling renewable energy capacity globally and doubling the average annual rate of energy efficiency improvements by 2030, this has the potential to be the most game-changing dimension in our view. Indeed, the inclusion of the fixed date that's 2030 is highly significant. And notwithstanding qualifiers, if implemented, it has the potential to rapidly accelerate electrification of the global economy over the next seven years. Thanks, Ehsan. So the outcome is better than feared, but less than what's needed. Do you have any final messages from the conference? Nina, what has emerged is a nuanced document in our view, and that's not a bad thing. The COP28 communique does mark a historic moment, with the world agreeing that one way or another, it needs to burn less fossil fuels, ditching an industrial model that has powered economies for 150 years or so. And also, the day that the world acknowledged that path is far more complicated, far more expensive, and far more time-consuming than the headlines suggest. Now, if success of COP28 is determined by whether fossil fuels was mentioned in the final text, then yes, we do have some success. Though if measured by the gravitas of ambition of climate pledges, that's adaptation, Article 6 of the Paris Agreement, new collective quantified goal, amongst others, then we view the results as somewhat weak. Now, on balance, finally, whilst the COP28 summit may have bowed to too much of the forces of diplomacy, and too little to the realities of the science, it has delivered an unmistakable message that the global energy system must pivot from the old carbon-intensive economy. And ultimately, it's the governments, it's the investors, the companies and the financiers which will determine the speed and the scale of the transition away from the fossil fuels. And in the words of the COP28 president, Dr. Sultan al-Jabeh, we are what we do, not what we say. Thanks for your insights, Ehsan. We look forward to hearing from you again next time. Thanks, Nisnina. Talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to this MUFG Global Markets podcast. Rate, review and subscribe and contact your MUFG sales rep for more information. Come back next week for more insights from the Global Markets Research Team.